You've heard what we've had to say about Tom Brady going to the broadcast booth after his playing career is over, the 2022 NFL draft class for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and some of our thoughts on the upcoming schedule release. But now we take you inside the Buccaneers franchise with Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, right now on the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to the Lockdown Bucks Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison. My co-host, James Jarko, not here for this episode, but you can find everything he is writing about your Buccaneers over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. Find my writing at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com and find us both on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82 and the show at Locked on Bucks. Thank you again for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. Tampa Bay Buccaneers senior writer and editor Scott Smith joins me now to talk Tom Brady and more of what's happening right now around your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks. Good friend of mine, Scott. I uh, appreciate you joining us, of course. As always, appreciate you making the time out for us. And uh, whenever Tom Brady's in the news, we got to start there, right? So let's start with Tom Brady heading from the field to the booth. Some had maybe speculated that maybe coaching was in his future, which he might be heading up to a booth uh, in that aspect as well. But instead, he's going to be joining Fox Sports when he retires in, I don't know, five or ten years. Uh, what are your thoughts initially about the news and then the the fit Tom Brady calling games for Fox Sports? Well, I mean – to your point of going to one booth or another, I know if I were in his position, I would choose the uh, broadcast booth. I, I think you get a lot more bang for your, or bucks for your, uh, yeah. you get a lot more bang for your buck in that profession. I don't know if, I guess there's been some dispute about whether that initial report of his anticipated salary was correct or not, but whatever it is, it's going to be a lot. And right. I think working uh, as a coach is a lot more grueling. Tom Brady seems like a guy that should be out there, you know, enjoying the fruits of his labor rather than having to labor that much. And uh, I'm not saying that broadcasting is an easy job, but I think it's probably a lot less grueling than coaching. Will he be good at it? Yeah, probably, right? I mean, Tom Brady (laughs) tends to be good at just about anything that he sets his mind to. And, I mean, it's hard to imagine a guy having more insight and a more breadth of knowledge than he has on football. So as as, as long as he proves to be a good talker, He's got the he's got the info and I'm sure he'd be able to express it well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited for it. Obviously, you know, you want to you want to get as much Tom Brady on the field, I think, as you can. Uh, but knowing that that's in the future, I know a lot of people kind of look back to his his Manning cast uh, appearance and kind of what he was able to do there and just kind of show that personality. And I mean, honestly, with his time in his time in Tampa, your guys is your social media department and video and all this stuff. You guys have done a really good job of accentuating his personality a little bit more uh, than I think most of us knew he had yeah. coming into it. And I almost wonder, Scott, if, if Rob Gronkowski, sideline reporter, all like, maybe that becomes <laughs> part of that future deal as well. You know, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. And yeah, I think you, thank you for the compliments to our team here. Yeah. And they have done a good job, but um, I think he also seemed to consciously have decided to have a lot more fun and show a lot more of his personality when he got here. And it's really it's helped us a lot because he's been willing to do a lot of the ideas that we wanted to do and had a lot of good ideas of his own. And <clears throat> if he has that kind of personality in the broadcast booth, I think that would go over pretty well. Absolutely. And I mean, I think Fox, like, I don't, you know, this is kind of a, a wild out of left field type of, of theory here, but I mean, the chances that the Buccaneers win Super Bowl 57 
Tom Brady retires on the platform right there in front of everybody and then takes the elevator up and hits the Fox broadcast for post Super Bowl commentary. Like what? I mean, that would be I mean, Tom Brady's all about first and, and, and blazing trails here in the NFL, right? That would be an obvious that, first. That would be a pretty incredible transformation there, a transition <laughs> that, like you've never seen before. But uh, I like all of it, especially the part about us winning the Super Bowl. More to come from my conversation with Scott Smith, the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com. Coming up, we'll get into the 2022 NFL draft class and some recent accusations perhaps made against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers themselves. And we're going to do so thanks to our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store or dealership to stock all the parts you're going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions while the person behind the counter orders the parts that their computer happens to have access to because they have it in their warehouse. You have the computer, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. For example, why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same part at a chain store or car dealership than what you can get it for at Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with prices that are reliably low for every customer. And they have everything you could ever need, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. second part of my conversation with Scott Smith, the senior writer and editor of Tampa Bay Buccaneers.com here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen or view every single day. And now we're going to talk to Scott about the 2022 NFL draft class for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com again on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks. And Scott, obviously a lot of fun talking to Tom Brady. Anytime we can talk to Tom Brady, it's usually pretty entertaining. But uh, we wanted to get you on here to talk about the NFL draft. It's a little bit little bit in the past now, but obviously the, the rookies are still going to get their first chance to really kind of shine in front of media members uh, here this coming weekend. For for those listeners or viewers who maybe uh, don't have the, the class memorized, real quick, round two, Logan Hall and Luke Gadecki, uh, two trench guys added to the class or to the team. Round three, running back Rashad White. Round four, tight end Kate Otten and punter uh, Jake Kamard. Round five, DB Zion McCollum and then Co, Co- McCollum and then Co Keith, the tight end, coming in round six. And then Andre Anthony in round seven. So, Scott, let's start. Logan Hall, uh, just kind of your first thoughts on the pick itself. I know a lot of people had maybe some 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 speculation that he could be a first-round guy. Uh, the Buccaneers end up trading back, getting more capital, get him to start day two. And then kind of how that bleeds into Indomit and Sue, because I know you know the, the official team stance is it really doesn't, but people are kind of wondering now, if, if Dominic and Sue doesn't come back, what how how realistic is it that Logan Hall can kind of carry that load, or how much of that load can he carry for the Bucs defense? You know, everything that I hear from the coaches since we drafted him is he's just absolutely the prototype fit for what they want to do. They love his size, his speed, his length. Um, he seems to me like a guy that would be a good penetrator, three technique type of guy in sub packages. And as to the endemic and Sue question, I, I, I guess you called it the party line or something like that. I, I'm probably going to stick with the party line here because I still think now, whether it's Sue or somebody else, there's room for another contributor in that room. <clears throat> Uh, you know, you think about it in your base package, you probably have Will Golston, Vita on the nose and, and Logan Hall. And then right. with Sue, when Sue was here, Will came out on most of the sub packages and it was usually Vita and Sue. And, and now presumably that Sue role with the two down linemen would go to Logan Hall first. And, and the depth behind that, you know, I was looking at it the other day. It's not really, there's not that much there. Rakeem mm-hmm. Nunez-Rochers has been a great player for us. 
but he's really more of a backup nose. You know, he did a great right. job filling in for Vea for a good portion of the 2020 season. After that, you're talking about um, guys who really haven't played a lot yet. And, you know, Patrick O'Connor's obviously played a ton on special teams, but not a lot on defense. And and then you're talking about guys like Benning Patoaye and Kobe Smith and uh, the guy Deidrin Sinet that we uh, Sinat that we signed from the Falcons hasn't played a ton in recent right. years. So. Even if, if it's Sue, that would be great. I personally think that'd be awesome. Uh, but if he doesn't want to continue, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bucks want to make another addition there. Uh, I, I do, though, think that the way it is now, you almost have to have Logan Hall playing a pretty significant role right away. Yeah. And I mean, he, he certainly seems to have the athletic tools to do it, just be how uh, how yeah. well he can get integrated into the unit and everything. But on the other side of the trenches here, we, we've got another question, uh, and that was kind of confirmed that that's going to be a little bit open to competition, the left guard position. Uh, you've got Luke Kadecki coming in. What do you what do you expect from that battle here as we get towards more into the OTAs and obviously training camp where we really figured that out? Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting because, I mean, I, the way they draft, they spent a pretty high draft pick on him, number, you know, second round. Even actually, it really was a second and a sixth because uh, they traded up at the last minute, three spots to make sure they got him. And I think that's an indication that he's seriously going to be involved in the competition for the left guard spot. And they've said that obviously, but you also have Aaron Stenny and you have Robert Hainsey and you have Nick Leverett. So you got a number of candidates, but I got to think he is right there neck and neck with Aaron Stenny because to spend that draft capital in a season when you're clearly going all in and you want to use your high draft picks for players that you think can contribute right away, uh, which I think ended up being the theme of this draft for me, um, that they found a way to pick guys that were very reasonably can help the team right away this year as it, as it tries to make a Super Bowl in what could be Tom Brady's last season. And I don't think you take that guy with that premium of a pick if you don't think he has a really good shot at winning that job. And that's not to say anything bad about Aaron Stinney because we love what he's done, but there's more competition there and that he could definitely win that job, I think. And, and same thing, you know, Rashad white, obviously the pun, the new punter Camarda's probably going to play a big role. A lot of these guys should be able to help right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you typically talk about, I think most, most coaches, GM staffs would want would say like your first four picks in general, or maybe your first four rounds worth of picks. So any pick that comes in round four or earlier, you really want to be contributors. So Kate Otten, obviously going to be another one of those guys, depending on what happens with uh, Gronk, but you kind of already touched on him. And I mean, he, he's a favorite amongst a lot of people in this draft class, Zion McCollum. Uh, and I got to talk to his head coach back at Sam Houston oh. about Zion and, and what he meant to that program. What do you uh, what what did you know about him coming into it? I mean, he's a, he's a smaller school type of guy, obviously. And what are you maybe expecting for him coming into rookie camp? Yeah, I'd read about him. I read about a couple guys like Tariq Woolen. I think you mm-hmm. and I talked about him a little bit. Right. Um, and Zion McCollum. Some of these guys that for one reason or another weren't expected to go really high, no. but have a lot of traits that would fit well with what Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers like. And obviously, he's six two. I don't know. I don't remember the the weight, but let's say 200. I don't remember. Right. And he ran a sub four, four 40 yard dash. I mean, he's, he's, he's got great length. He actually produced too. I mean, I think like as a counter example, some of these other young, you know, these other sort of raw considered raw guys maybe don't have the production, but he also has the production in college. And, uh, you know, I think it's telling that we were willing to spend a fourth round pick last year to jump back in because they were just in the draft from there and the corners have fallen off, and here he is sticking out way ahead of everybody else on their board. Oh, They're like, well, it's worth it to go get this guy. And in terms of his instant impact, I think the best-case scenario for him and the Bucks to start the season 
is that he shows enough to be considered the fourth guy behind um, Dean and Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, and then immediately he's playing a big role in special teams, hopefully as one of your gunners with his right, size right. and speed. So he can make an impact that way. And as you, as you and I both know, it's hard to make it through the season with all three of your top cornerbacks healthy for 17 games. So if he does win that fourth job, I think there's some point during the season he's going to be playing, but he probably has a lot to learn at this point. So I guess it has to do with how good of a learner he is. Yeah. And I, and I like, and that's what, that's really what I wanted to ask you about him too, because I mean, a lot of times excitement, like I'm super excited about him. I know James is super excited about him. The fan base is super excited, but it's kind of, it kind of turns into people get super excited. And then it's almost like, Oh, he might compete to be the number two guy opposite Carlton Davis. Like, Oh, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's around five guy. And even if the bucks, you know, saw the right. the next year, fourth round value, which we just kind of talked about that four rounds earlier, you really want contributors still you're seeing next year's fourth round value. Uh, and I mean, honestly, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find a cornerback in the fourth round next year's draft. That's going to match Zion's athleticism. And then you give him a year of NFL coaching as well, uh, which yeah. kind of takes you to the Kyle Trask uh, situation, right? And Kyle takes you to that methodology. I mean, uh, you know, I know Florida Gator fans, everybody was really excited to see their quarterback get drafted to an NFL team that they're maybe a fan of as well. Uh, but what are your, what are your thoughts about Kyle Trask? Uh, you know, quote unquote, not going, not, not expected anyway to challenge Blaine Gabbert uh, for the number, for the number two job there. Yeah, one quick note on McCollum before we move on to mm-hmm. piggyback on your point about it possibly being a good value next year. Sean Murphy Bunting and Shmel Dean are both in the last year of their rookie contracts. And obviously, I would love it if we were able to keep them both, but you can't assume that. And right. and so if he is developed for to be a year two guy, that really kind of works really well with the timetable. As for Trask, I, I guess I was a little bit surprised on Tuesday when um, – uh, Clyde Christensen was pretty blunt about the fact mm-hmm. that he doesn't really see him likely competing with uh, really strongly with Gabbert to be the number two. I had thought, I guess my my train of logic had been during the time that Brady was retired, mm-hmm. the Bucks were talking about uh, overturning, you know, overturning every rock and, and trying any option to find the best possible solution to the quarterback situation. And they did say, that Trask would get a shot to, uh, you know, to compete for the starting job. Yep. And I thought, well, if that's the case, then with Brady back, you would think he would get a shot to compete for the backup spot since he right. probably would have been competing with Gabbard anyway. But I guess the calculus has really changed here because if you're you, Brady's back, you still appear to be a, a prime Super Bowl contender and probably the team is less willing to risk very inexperienced guy being their number two when they feel good about Blaine Gabbert uh, as their number two. They, you know, uh, Clyde, I think, referred to him as one of the best backups in the league. Now, obviously, that's an opinion that not everybody necessarily around the league would share, but that's the way the Buccaneers feel about him. So I think they feel that it's just kind of unlikely that given the situation the team is now with Brady back, that he that they would go with the really green, untested guy over the guy they at least have some experience with in their offense yeah absolutely no i I think it makes a lot of sense i also don't think it's the end of kyle trask's career uh you know that's we tend to think take things a little bit to the extremes one way or another and there are certainly some people who are who are taking it a little bit harder uh, than maybe they need to and i think it's it's kyle trask's career still uh still to be decided but looking at these this young group of guys scott obviously rookie camp is coming up so why not ask you your favorite pick of the draft under whatever metric you decide to use for that whether it's story or talent or or potential or what have you. And then 
are there any any tryout players that you've been studying or getting to know that maybe we need to keep an eye out for, uh, you know, as as the media gets their first look at at the rookie class? I'm going to have a little bit of trouble with the second half of that question because I know there's been a lot of names out there, but the Buccaneers haven't announced any of them officially. I mean, I know, I know all the 13 undrafted signings that are likely to be the case, but until they get them in here and have them sign, they really don't want to announce anything. So I don't think I can speak to those, but as for, as for my favorite, um, draft pick, I'd probably go with Rashad White. And I guess that's a little bit of being the basic fan because running back position is a lot more interesting than, than a guard. Right. It's a lot more fun to think about the possibilities of Rashad White than Luke Gedeke, even though Gedeke may end up being making a bigger impact for all I know. But yeah. I remember in the pre-draft you know, run-up and in the analysis, analysis, I always thought I was hopeful that the Buccaneers would draft a running back that specifically – was very good as a pass catching back. Obviously, Leonard Fournette can do it, but I think we can probably be even more dynamic with our backs in the passing game. And uh, and when we drafted, I didn't know much about Rashad White. I'll admit that when we drafted him, I looked at oh, 6'2", 215 or whatever. And that doesn't didn't fit my mental profile of what I thought the pass catching back would be. I was thinking more right. along the lines of James Cook. But mm-hmm. then I started reading about him, and that is especially. I mean, he is a fantastic <laughs> pass catcher. He averaged ten point six yards per catch, which is really good for a running back. And um, I, I'm just really excited about what he could do in the offense. You know, he basically, I mean, he'll compete with Keyshawn Vaughn, obviously, but he could step right in as your number two with Ronald Jones gone and probably do a little bit more for you because as much as we like to talk about Ronald Jones possibly catching more passes, it just wasn't happening. And right. they just weren't, obviously they weren't confident in his pass blocking. So they just didn't have him as a third down back. This Rashad White could possibly bring another dimension to the offense and we all know that if Brady has a great pass catching pass catching back, he's going to utilize him quite a bit. Absolutely, Scott. It, it warms my heart to hear you say that because you know our listeners. I make no qualms about it. I'm an Arizona State graduate, so I mean, I, I love my Sun Devils. So there's a little bit of bias <laughs> in, in all of that. Uh, Herm Edwards came on the show, called Tom Brady Captain America, said he's going to love Rashad White. Uh, and you know, but Herm is the head coach of Arizona State, so there's a little bit of bias possibly there as well. So to hear you say that warms my heart because now anybody out there who's like, ah, maybe David's a little bit biased, now they can maybe hopefully put that to rest. There is real value in talent here. In and Herm, Herm probably Herm probably still has a soft spot in his heart for the Buccaneers. So absolutely, I, I would I would imagine so. Absolutely. I've got one last question about the draft coming up for Scott here in just a moment. But before we get to that, we need to talk about our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. The final part of our conversation with Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com. Coming up right now, we're going to talk about tomorrow's schedule release and a little bit of preview and see what Scott can tell us about what we might be able to expect from who the Buccaneers will play and when. In 2022, Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com again on Twitter at Scott S Bucks. Make sure you're following him, checking out all of his work. Scott, one last, I guess, draft related question. And I don't know how too deep you want to get into it, but you've been around this business for a long time. And and this is nothing new players saying that X and X team or so-and-so person told me they were going to draft me. And then the pick came up. They didn't draft me. Lewis seen not naming the Buccaneers specifically, 
Uh, but putting the dots together, you know, said pick 27, then they traded to the top pick of the second round. So, I mean, you know, two plus two equals four. I'm not going to ask you for like an inside the buck statement, just kind of a general being around the business. Players getting told, hey, we're going to draft you. But then other business decisions are made. Uh, what, what are your thoughts just kind of of the the entire experience as a whole and why these things uh, tend to happen sometimes? Probably because a lot of people talk to a lot of people from any given team end up talking to a player through the whole okay. process. And uh, in no way am I I'm not casting any doubt whatsoever on scenes accounting right. of the if, of the conversations. But he, that is we are taking him on his word that that's exactly how it happened and that that's how, um, you know, how strong was the statement? You know, right. I, I would think it would be on. It would be unusual for a team in the situation that the Bucks were in to be that blunt about that and to be that certain about that because the Bucks were always seen as a team that if the opportunity arose would be a team that would be willing to trade back to gain more right. assets. We didn't have anything in the fifth and sixth round. Um, and, and that's, of course, what happened. And the explanation at the time of how the events unfolded and why the Buccaneers didn't take any offers to trade back again from 33 is that at 27, they had five guys that they had similarly rated and would, mm -hmm. would be uh, satisfied with getting any of them. And then several different people at the podium said when it got to 33, there was only one of them left, which obviously had to be Logan Hall. Right. So it makes total sense. Of course, that Lewis seen was also on that list and the bucks liked him a lot. But if you're sitting in that situation and you really do feel like any one of those five guys would help you right now and would be a player you'd like to take. It just makes sense. So I don't know if, if something that strongly was said to him, then maybe whoever said it might regret a little bit that they, you know, that the player ends up feeling disrespected because I'm certain that nobody in our draft room or on our staff would have wanted to disrespect the player at all. I, right. they th I think they probably liked him quite a bit and would not feel good that he doesn't feel good about how that unfolded. So you and I can't really know the rest of that conversation. We just have what Lewis Cena is saying. I, I do feel bad if he feels that way. I do also point out that it ended up pretty well for him too, though. He was drafted in the first round. So yeah. I, I think, and maybe, maybe you'll just have a little chip on his shoulder for when he plays the Buccaneers, who knows, but um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You do hear those stories every year. And so there's probably something to them, but we can never really know how much I don't think, unless somebody on the other side decides to come out and talk about it, which probably won't happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, Lewis goes 32nd overall to the Minnesota Vikings. So he's going to a pretty good situation. And like you said, uh, Vikings and Bucks scheduled to play each other next year. So if, if he holds that grudge that long, he'll have an opportunity uh, to show them what they're missing. Uh, but context matters. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what's missing from tweets. And, and even in Lewisine's defense, like it's a tweet. And, and, and he even said he doesn't want to name names and all that stuff. But, you know, obviously some salty feelings there. But speaking of context, Scott, uh, we know who the Buccaneers are going to play in 2022. We know that the Seahawks and Bucks will play. Uh, in Munich, Germany, week 10, November 13th, the first NFL regular season game to ever be played in the country of Germany, which is going to be uh, amazing. But we don't know necessarily where all the other uh, matchups are going to take place. And I think that the context of how the games unfold does matter as, as the season uh, kind of goes uh, around. You've got some some very, very solid work up on Buccaneers.com right now, diving into some of the challenges facing the Buccaneers this year. It is, it is a, a gauntlet that the Buccaneers are about to run through to make it to the playoffs, let alone once they get into the playoffs. Uh, James and I, you know, we people love predictions. We enjoy making predictions because then we can kind of brag and claim that we're smarter than the average bear. But uh, uh, primetime games, you know, those are always the ones everybody wants to look at first. There's five possible. We assume the Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to get five. Do you have any 
favorites on the list or predictions of your own that you think are, are maybe locks to make the uh, primetime schedule? The problem here of asking me for predictions is, is uh, I might have a little too much inside information at the moment. <laughs> so, so let me I, ask you, so let me ask you this then if, if you have a matchup that would be, or could be a primetime matchup, like if there is one primetime matchup that you're really looking forward to possibly seeing, which matchup would that be? Well, I think, the obvious answer is the Kansas City Chiefs, um, the Super Bowl uh, 55 rematch. That's going to be here uh, again in Raymond James Stadium. That just seems like a an obvious one to put in prime time with Brady and Mahomes again. Um, people love to rehash the already the beginning of their their rivalry, the games yeah. that have already been played, and how big a lot of them were, and um, and how Mahomes, you know, is considered the most likely guy that could possibly chase down some of Brady's accomplishments. Um, so I, I would think that one would be a good bet to be on a prime time. What I'm, what I'm hoping for in those five prime time games, because it's hard to, it's hard to find a, a lot of games on the schedule that aren't great matchups. Um, right. We not only are the Bucks playing eight different teams that were in the playoffs last year, but that doesn't even include teams like Baltimore and New Orleans and Cleveland who didn't make the playoffs last year, but sure feel like playoff teams to me, right. I mean, Baltimore and Baltimore in particular, they were eight and three had a bunch of injuries and were missing Lamar Jackson for a lot of that time and lost their last six games. And even then they lost like three of them by one point and another one by right. two and another one by three. That's a playoff caliber team that improved itself a lot in the draft as well. And, you know, if they have better fortune with Lamar Jackson being in the lineup, I mean, this 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 uh, schedule is just loaded. So mm -hmm. it's you know, other than maybe like Atlanta and Carolina, which as division games and, and teams that maybe have question marks at quarterback, don't strike me as particularly interesting compared to the other ones. Just about anything, throw a dart. Just about anything else you hit is is a good idea. I mean, the, yeah. the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the uh, the Rams seems like it'd be a great one to put on prime time. And you know, it, it's just there's a lot of great options. And Absolutely. I got. I mean I got to believe we're going to have five, but Tom Brady yeah. and this incredible schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, James brought up the idea of Cincinnati and Tampa for Christmas. I mean, Joe Burrow and, and Tom Brady duking out on Christmas Day and Ray J. I mean, that, that like you said, I mean, really spin the wheel, land on a, on a target, and you're pretty much going to get a, a really sexy matchup there. Um, opening week opponent. Now, you wrote up in our, a column for Buccaneers.com, opening week opponents. And again, I don't know how much you know of the schedule you already have. Uh, and obviously, you don't want to divulge that to us. The, we love the Buccaneers, and I'm sure the Bucks love us too, but not that much. Um, but can you go kind of rehash? I want people to go read it because it's, it's a really great write-up, and I, I read it myself, and I, and I highly encourage it. So don't, don't give away all the toppings, but can you give us a little bit maybe uh, of the flavoring from your opening week opponent column that you have up on Buc Buccaneers.com? Yes. yes, and I will tell the absolute truth that I wrote that article before I knew anything except the German game. So they are, they are legitimate guesses. I did not yep. have any inside information at the time and uh, it wasn't posted until this morning, but mm -hmm. it was written before that. And so um, my successes or failures will, <laughs> will have to be judged on that. And uh, I, I haven't had, I have, I'm not on a good streak because I write that article every year. Yep. Last year, I didn't even include Dallas in one of my three choices uh, because I was convinced that they would give us a playoff team um, to start the season with. And right. we had Buffalo sitting right there on the oh, schedule. It yeah. seemed awesome. I was certain it was going to be Buffalo. Yep. Uh, but what I forgot in not including Dallas, because that ended up being the pick, is that this is still America's team. It's still a team that the NFL wants to put 
in big games all the time. I should have kept that in mind this right. year. Uh, I This year I again eliminated Dallas from picking for the first game because I'm like, well, they're not going to give us the same opponent right. two years in a row. So hopefully I got that logic right this time. <laughs> there's there's no guarantee there. All I knew for sure was it wasn't going to be the Rams because they're going to be at home in week one and they play here. And right. obviously it wasn't going to be the Seahawks. Um, my thought that it, it wasn't going to be the – the Saints because we've started with them two of the last four years. So my choices were at San Fran. And again, all of these are guesses and I, I'm not going to divulge whether I did well or not, but right. at San Fran, because I just thought we were just talking about how many of these matchups are just tent pole games, Brady Rogers, Brady Mahomes, Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. These are games you can put in week 10, week 12, okay. Christmas, Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. If it's Dallas, these are games that you don't necessarily want to to waste in week one, right? When you already have the Rams and probably the Bengals in, in great matchups, <clears throat> these are games that can carry other weeks. And so, and I don't know if I'm right. I, I didn't pick the Packers or the Chiefs because um, I thought those were probably the two biggest ones. Mm. And I thought San Fran was a nice second level there. I mean, they were in the NFC Championship game last year. Right. They have a great defense. They came on really strong last year. I think they're probably being a little underrated going into this season. I know there's a quarterback question, which could make it a little tougher for them. I thought that one was an attractive matchup. And then I picked Cincinnati, and we all know why. And then um, I think my last one was Baltimore, just because yep. I think that's a really that's a really fun matchup there with Baltimore, and that would be a home game. Um, but um, you know, like I said, I, I haven't gotten right the last couple of years, so. Don't necessarily we'll see what happens. Yeah. And look, I mean, you know, you, you hate to, you know, you don't wish it on anybody, obviously. But look, if Lamar Jackson, if this is going to be kind of the start of maybe some injury struggles, if you're the NFL, maybe you want to get Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady early so that if if Lamar does get injured again, you you already have that game uh, kind of tucked in. So, I mean, a lot of, again, like you said, a lot of good options. And this might be the hardest the hardest question for you to answer today, Scott. It's my last question of the day. If you could tell a Bucks fan, if if I'm a Bucks fan, I got I got enough money to make it to one game, Scott. One game only could be on the road, could be at home. Let's take Germany off the table just because Germany. I mean, that's a great experience no matter what. Um, which game should I go see? If I'm a Bucks fan, I can only make it to one game. Which Bucks game do you want me to go see? Uh, I think I would eliminate Saints because <laughs> until we've proven they don't have our number anymore, uh, those <laughs> games worry me. Yeah. Um, I boy, it's I already answered the same answer for I said Kansas City for another question. Um, so that seems like the obvious choice, though. Hey, I oh, mean oh, Mahomes, Brady. It might be the last chance you get it. I mean, and and, and I and I think there's a very good chance that the the NFL would want to put that on prime time, so that makes it no. more fun. No. Uh, yeah, I guess I have to go with the Chiefs, even though I guess that's really the really really obvious answer. Cincinnati, I mean, hey, it's Cincinnati it's obvious for a reason. Yeah, Cincinnati would be a lot of fun because that with Joe Burrow, that team is is a lot of fun and that's the Alice Kappa revenge game. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's a brutal schedule for the Buccaneers, but an entertaining one for all the fans and NFL fans uh, alike. And obviously one that we look forward to, to going on the ride with. And obviously Scott, as much time as you can give us during the season and leading up to the season, we greatly appreciate Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com on Twitter at Scott S bucks. Make sure you're checking out everything he's doing video and written work. Again, there's another, there's another written piece that we didn't really dive into on kind of analyzing just how difficult the road ahead is uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you got me convinced, Scott, there are 12 playoff caliber teams on this on this Buccaneers schedule this season. It is insane. Scott, we appreciate your time as always. Thank you. I appreciate being asked on. It's fun.
All right, guys, a big thanks again to Scott Smith. That was the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com. And as I said, during the conversation, make sure you're going out and checking out everything he's doing at at Buccaneers.com, covering your favorite team. Uh, And if you haven't already, give him a follow at Scott S. Bucks there on Twitter. We thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or your first view every single day. Now make the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops. And neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for the real fan, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. James and I will be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time for our live schedule release reaction and preview episode. If you've got questions or topics that you want to discuss, join us, please, right here on the YouTube channel live tomorrow again, 7 p.m. Eastern time, or send in your questions and thoughts to LockedOnBucks at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 813-444-5841. For James Jargo, I'm David Harrison. Until we speak again, please make sure you're checking out everything we're writing at BucksNation.com and at BucksGameDay.com. Find us on Twitter at DHarrison82, at JRGo underscore Bucks, and at LockedOnBucks. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Fire those cannons. And thank you for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.